You're listening to the Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast. I'm your host, Angela Sanchez, beauty business mentor and founder of Beauty Business Co. I want you to believe that you can achieve anything if you set your mind to it. I'll be interviewing leading beauty industry professionals and discovering exactly what drove them to becoming the hashtag beauty boss they are today. Are you ready to be inspired? You're listening to episode 11 of Confessions of a Hashtag Beauty Boss podcast with today's guest, Lydia Jordan. Lydia is the CEO and founder of Lycon Cosmetics, which has put Australia on the world map of a leading waxing manufacturer company, now being distributed in over 70 countries across the globe. Celebrating 40 years in business this year with a limited edition Ruby Designed Wax, I had to get Lydia on the show to celebrate. This episode has so many golden nuggets of wisdom and actionable advice that Lydia shares. If you are in beauty business for the long haul, you are going to get so much inspiration from Lydia's beauty boss journey. As a special thanks, the Lycon team have extended a special offer to all of our Beauty Boss listeners. Go to www.lyconretail.com.au slash shop and pop in the code BEAUTYBOSS to receive 20% off store-wide. Thank you so much for that. Lastly, I just want to let you all know that our website is finally live And as part of it, I've created your very own beauty business digital store. You can literally drag and drop our social media bundles into your feed and turn your Instagram into a sensational, on point, color coordinated and styled news feed. Everything has been created to save you time and overwhelm. And I'm loving every account that's purchased so far, transform their social media. There is lots of templates to support you as well, like rewards cards, birthday cards, gift vouchers, and so much more. So head to www.beautybusinessco.com and check it out. Lydia, welcome to my virtual beauty lounge. It's so fantastic to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. Thank you very much. Uh, I know you've been a very busy woman. You've been traveling around the globe, haven't you? Exactly. I've been in and out of the country, like I'll be here for a week or two, and then I'm off for four weeks to six weeks or something like that. So it's good to be here for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that I caught you while you're at home. (laughs) Yes, it's wonderful. Um, I've been stocking Lycon products in my own beauty salon uh, since the beginning. So I've been in business for six years um, mm-hmm. and then, you know, trained with it um, over 15 years ago. So mm-hmm. um, it's always the one that I tend to go back to if something new pops up in the market. I always go back to my um, rosette wax, oh, <laughs> which fantastic. is fantastic. And I, you know, I've, I've re- just absolutely love your journey and I've been following you for a really long time and I used to um, go to college in Brisbane City and I remember the days where I think I was driving one day and I saw your car and it has your number plate like on and I was like oh my goodness 
that must be the owner of um, the wax. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, so it's just so oh, lovely because I've funny. always aspired to be, you know, someone so entrepreneurial like yourself. So I, I can't wait to have you share with oh. the listeners your journey as well. But we'll get you to kick off the show with what is your definition of a hashtag beauty boss? Oh, okay. Well, you know... As um, well, my journey has been a very long one and uh, things have kind of developed over the years and um, I, I don't even know what it means to be a boss because I'm so much part of the team, <laughs> mm-hmm. even though I've been doing this uh, as a business for 40 years. But I think uh, being a beauty boss is something to do with uh, being a leader. Uh, within your group you know I've got quite a few people that um, I employ so to be a leader and to motivate them and mentor them to do things in a better way not only for myself and the business you know my business but to really improve themselves overall that will always really really pay off personally for themselves long term and um I think leading by example is very important Um, and um, working pretty hard. (laughs) You know, a lot of people cannot imagine that every time I go overseas, I'm going on a holiday. But um, like my one trip in March, I was away for four weeks. I had three days off. Um, And uh, last, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I was in Dubai for a whole week. And uh, I didn't have any time off. I had a little bit of, you know, till 11 o'clock in the morning, a couple of mornings off and enjoyed the beach <laughs> quickly, <laughs> quickly. Uh, then you have to go and do your hair and everything. So, yeah, so, and but I enjoy it all. To me, it's kind of like a holiday anyway because I'm always mixing with wonderful people. And so being a beauty boss, uh, I'm not only mentoring my staff and encouraging them, you know, just by watching what I do, I also do that for all the agents that I um, work with overseas. Mm, I love that. And you you are a global company mm. now, aren't you? That's yeah. right. That's yeah, that's right. fantastic. Yeah, it's one thing sort of owning your own business and mentoring your staff, but when you've got a product that's situated in, um, you know, distribution places all around the globe and then they're having to teach their staff how to sell your product it it all comes back to yourself so Mm, i love mm, that mentality of mm. sharing your knowledge and and mentoring others to to become more empowered with what they're teaching and Mm. and you're absolutely right you know yes you're traveling the globe which is so fantastic um that you your business is taking you um to see all these wonderful countries but i think it just shows in what your 40 years of this mm. actual industry experience is that you love what you do and a day in work is actually just a lot of fun isn't it <laughs> that it is it is a lot of fun and it's so wonderful to see some of these agents that I have uh, all over the place succeed because so many of them started following Lycon as a distributor you know becoming part of the Lycon huge family around the world uh, when they were, were probably at the age when I started my business, I was 28. 
and um, so I can always put myself in their position. They're starting off with nothing, which is exactly what I started off with. I never aspired that my business would grow this way or it would get to where it has. And um, so I always completely understand, you know, the time they have to outlay and more so the money. You know, sometimes those people do not actually even draw a wage for a while because they're building the business, they have to employ people to do things for them and initially there's nothing left for them. So um, I can always put myself back in that position and try to evaluate what is the best way for me to guide them to actually get there so it pays for them. That is the most important thing. You know, my business is successful, but I want my agents to be successful, you know. Mm -hmm. So for them to be their own beauty boss, so to speak, you know, in their own country because they're the leaders of Lycon in their country. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. Well, you're mm -hmm. certainly an industry-leading beauty boss to a lot of people. I'm sure they, they look up to the Lydia Jordan brand and then the Lycon brand as well. So it's so fantastic that I've got you here today to uncover a little bit about your journey. Yes, so we'll you. go and dive into that. I'd love for you to share your story, how you even got into the beauty industry to start with and mm -hmm. your whole career path and... Mm then you can tell us a little bit about um, yeah, how, how the Lycon brand came to life as well. Yeah, sure. Well, actually, uh, I just mentioned something. You mentioned the Lydia Jordan brand. I don't have mm. a Lydia Jordan brand anymore. Oh, you don't? I was no, wondering about that because no, I, no. I remember it being a skincare brand yes. back when I was in college. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it still crops up and people are still looking for it, but I actually discontinued it about uh, probably about six years ago because okay, yeah. um, it was just, in, it was beautiful, very results orientated, but um, it was incredibly expensive and time consuming to market it and really build it to a level where it would pay off. So I did do it for about, oh, I don't know, I can't even remember now, about 12 years, 15 years. And yep. then one day, through some hard talking to me by someone, uh, I was really pushed into stopping it, and it's the best thing I actually did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's really good. That's great. Thank you for sharing that as well, mm. because mm. you know I think as long as your your vision and your purpose comes back to sort of why you're doing what you're doing, that obviously was a big learning process for you a fantastic product range but oh, it mm. yeah your path's taken you on a, a different direction and and um it would have been an incredible experience to go through mm. that journey mm. and now you can take that knowledge and and definitely empower others with yeah that you know also being okay with the closure of something as well mm -hmm. and knowing oh, yeah. that that yeah, it wasn't your direction. It's mm. it's definitely. Mm. I don't think it's a um a failure in any no. aspect. If we tend to close something down and, and concentrate on a new project, either. Mm -hmm. So, so well, that's right. Exactly right. <laughs> mm, yeah. So keep going. I'm okay. loving it. <laughs> oh, that's really good. So yeah. Well, how did it all start? Well, I came to Australia when I was fourteen in '64, and um, I went straight to school. About the second day after I arrived, I was off to uh, school. I went to um, an old girls' school, which was Ipswich Girls' Grammar School. 
and there was no migrants in that school at the time. It was just me. I had an aunt who lived in Australia for ages before that, so she was a teacher there. So that's how I ended up there. And um, it was just so wonderful. I totally loved it. So when I came, it was um, in very early June. So it was kind of in the middle of our winter here. And um, the school uniform was thick black stockings. And um, I had no idea that I would have been considered very hairy (laughs) because you couldn't see the hair. So by September, I learned enough English to understand what my... uh, friends and all the girls that I made friends with at the school were talking about on the first day of a swimming class for the season and they were talking about shaving their legs and uh, I was so embarrassed and I think it was like directed at me in a way like "Mm, you got to learn that we shave legs in Australia kind of thing and uh, I was mortified and um, but the following you know where I come from we never knew about shaved legs you know underarms everybody had hairy underarms and even bikini lines like at the beach and uh, that women always had hairy hairy bikini areas mm-hmm. and uh, so just something that never occurred to me my father used to be a cosmetic chemist and he used to to sell his products he used to have a beauty salon back in former Yugoslavia and um, he did, did electrolysis as well. So I was exposed to hair removal from the face, like with electrolysis or plucking eyebrows, but that was about it. So following uh, a swimming lesson day, I definitely made sure that I shaved my legs and underarms so that I would feel like um, fit in and not be so embarrassed. <laughs> I hated it because then when I got home, my prickly hairs were catching on the sheets in the bed and I thought, oh, that's awful, you know, putting your stockings on and catching. Oh, no, sorry, we weren't putting stockings on then. Uh, in spring, we had short socks, so it was even more important to not have hairy legs like all the other girls, uh, you know, peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and um, anyway, I continued with uh, shaving my legs for, you know, quite a while. Then I experimented with the pillatory cream and I was doing that like, well, I thought it was in secret because not, it wasn't like talked about. It was a cultural taboo where I came from because, you know, my parents were pretty strict enough. If I removed hair off my legs, it's almost like you wanted to attract too much attention to yourself. So that was um, not certainly what was encouraged. So, um, and then when I was 18, I was doing grade 12 and I was... Um, around that time I was reading a magazine that talked about hair removal which is uh, 17 an American magazine which is which is actually still in circulation and I read about all these different hair removal Uh, I remember the look of the page and in fact someone a little while ago who used to work here tried to research uh, it but you know they didn't have copies of that uh, on the internet it's so so long ago to find that particular article that introduced me to waxing so they talked about waxing and I thought geez I never heard about this so uh, and uh, how the hair grows back soft because it grows back with a point and I thought well that sounds pretty good and then that uh, you don't need to wax your legs for at least four or five weeks and that even sounded even better and so while I was doing my grade 12 um, 
studies. You know, you go to a library, you had no internet. Um, you go to a library to do research. I used to be the chief interpreter in our family because it's always the youngest child that learns the language the quickest. The parents often don't learn language. So I used to interpret a lot for my dad looking for things. I'd ring up places to look for ingredients for him because he used to make face creams. And uh, so I kind of knew the companies. And, you know, you had your Teledex where, you, you know, they used to keep all the information of your know, phone numbers and addresses. So I knew, well, you know, who the companies were. And um, I read about, uh, yeah, in the library, I researched and I found a book that had a depilatory wax formula. So uh, I thought, geez, that sounds really good. Um, after reading that magazine, I thought, I'm going to find out what goes into this. So I made it again. Again, I to this day, I don't think my parents knew I was actually shaving. It was just like something they didn't pay attention to. So off I went and uh, figured out this formula. And my father did have some of the ingredients, like beeswax and paraffin, which he used in the, in the skincare products. But he didn't have resin, because resin doesn't go in general skincare products which is from pine trees so i found uh the company that sells it so i went to go get a sample from it they gave me a little plastic bag of it and off i went home to experiment with making the wax and um then my father came home and he was like what are you making and i thought oh my god you know i got caught out now <laughs> so so i said oh caramel you know because the color of the wax original color you know it's it's like caramel it's like a honey color and he was like mm, doesn't smell like caramel anyway so that's how he discovered that I was actually concocting my own brew of wax and in fact he was actually rather pleased <laughs> that I was kind of doing something creative and then I had to learn how to use it because I had no idea how to use it so um, in 1968, there was a, one beauty salon. There were only a few. There was like a handful of salons in Brisbane. There was one particular one. Uh, there was an arcade in Brisbane called Rose Arcade in Edward Street. And, and it actually went into the other side, into Adelaide Street. It was like an L-shaped uh, arcade. There was an Elizabeth Arden salon. They mm -hmm. used to sell all Elizabeth Arden products. And they actually did waxing there. Because um, Elizabeth Arden, the Elizabeth Arden brand used to have wax they used to sell uh, for home use in these little discs. So off I went, made an appointment, and I had my legs waxed. And it was a tiny little shop with a little tiny mezzanine floor with one little waxing bed upstairs. So I had my legs done, and uh, I was like over the moon because I loved it. And I could see how they did it. And they used to use the back of a soup spoon to apply the wax. And they also used to recycle it, you know, they saved it all up and strained it, and etc. So that gave me the idea of how I could use the wax. And then from then, I just continued to wax myself. So this was when I was at the very end, like 18 years old, 1968. And um, uh, I left school that year and... Um, then I did uh, business college, learned bookkeeping and whatnot, worked, got married, and I continued waxing my legs. It took me seven years to progress from waxing my legs to waxing my under, underarms. I was so scared that it was just like be 
horrible and painful and uh, you know damaging etc so and eventually when I actually did it I go oh my god that didn't hurt at all so but when I got married and I had my children so by the time I was 28 which is what 1978 I um, I then became a beauty therapist uh, so I worked for a salon in the city um, and I really, really built up my um, waxing technique because I did so much waxing at this particular salon. And then I opened my own salon and people wanted to learn from me how to wax. So I started teaching and then they wanted to buy the wax. And it was at a time when the beauty industry was just really beginning to grow, particularly in Brisbane. Sydney was a little bit more developed and... Um, and my business grew. Then I went, you know, there was the associations. The first one that I was really aware of was the APAA. And they used to have congresses, like conferences every year in Sydney. And, you know, I was eager to learn anything new, um, no more. So I used to go to the conferences and um, there would be a lot of lectures, uh, dermatologists talking about acne, skin, you know, aging plastic surgeons um, and it was just all wonderful and exciting and I saw that people used to bring some things to show to sell you know it was like there were a couple of uh, skincare brands so I you know and I met a lot of beauty therapists and I told them oh yeah I make make my own wax I use my own wax so they wanted to buy it and then I started actually exhibiting it at those congresses when they gave you a table and you only really saw people before the lectures little bit at lunchtime when in a hurry and then you know a little bit like afternoon tea or something but there was not much time to be talking to people but that's how the business took off and I started getting orders from all over Australia and then there'd be people from New Zealand uh, there were some from New Caledonia used to come to those conferences and that's how I started selling to the agent that uh, to this day is still my agent in New Zealand they saw it and said oh no we, we want that so that's how it all began. And um, yeah, it was all from just for me and um, I was very reluctant to sell it and now it's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> it's so amazing. I'm, I have the biggest smile on my face. No one can <laughs> see how excited I am to hear that story because oh. just from this passion of a little girl trying to create something and you've solved a problem that you were having and that's mm. the biggest thing. If you're solving a problem, you've got a business idea. Mm. Um, and I can't believe that that just followed you for so many years and and yeah. now look at you it's yeah. amazing so you've just had your 40 year anniversary for Lycon that's right. yes that's right it's 78 to 2018 40 years that's, <laughs> that's incredible that's weird and I saw that and I thought oh wow we have to get you on the show to celebrate because that's a massive milestone and you created a ruby wax yes. for the celebration as well which is um, beautiful yes. too oh it's gorgeous just have to send you some <laughs> yeah yeah that'd be good that'd be awesome oh what a beautiful story thank you so thank much for you. sharing that um and i can only imagine how um 
how far you're still to go. Mm, mm. <laughs> I always say it's only just the beginning, you know. That's right. <laughs> That's right. There's still lot, lots more to do. <laughs> there, there is. Now, which hurdles do you continually see popping up when it comes to running a beauty business? I've got worldwide listeners and because you mm-hmm. are situated um, in all sorts of countries, it'd be good to really share what you can see in the industry mm. when it comes to a business, beauty business. Yeah, so look, um, there are always hurdles. I think, um, you know, education is a big thing because everything is, um, there's lots of new things coming up all the time and, you know, the therapists really, it's so important for them to keep in touch with new things, you know, to develop and grow with um, the industry. And, um, you know, so from my point of view, you know, to do with a waxing, it's, you know, I'm always astounded how many therapists actually don't really know how to wax properly. And we come across it everywhere, you know, and very often, even a lot of the teachers, they don't know how to really teach waxing so well, because, um, a lot of them haven't actually done a lot of waxing and um, and it's important to keep up the practice I I love teaching because um, it actually keeps my hand in it I don't do clients anymore I haven't done it for years but but when I t- teach it keeps my practice up and you know you know we've got new waxes so people need to be taught how to use those and just show them the best way of achieving something so um, there's been a lot of talk about how to spread all this training, not only for waxing, but, you know, beauty therapy courses and that. And can they be done on the internet? Can you teach people um, through videos and that? Well, you can, but there's nothing there that will substitute hands-on training. Because even when I'm doing hands-on training, I'm showing people how to hold a spatula, how to apply the wax, and they do it differently. And you show them again and explain them again, they still do it differently, you know. So to get the best out of training, I really believe for beauty therapy, for all the treatment, it has to be hands-on training with a trainer who knows what they're talking about. So, you know, but distances are difficult. There's salons spread out everywhere. Time is a problem to get to training. Um, There's always costs involved in that if you have to travel. So I can understand the need for videos, um, but hands-on training, I think, is really the best way to go. Yeah, yeah, Mm. absolutely. And I guess, yeah, when it comes down to, um, I I hear a lot of the beauty bosses that I have on the show saying that um, staff is one of their their biggest issues and Mm. the the training side of it, making Mm. them... um, really confident within their their servicing and waxing seems to be one of the things where they're coming out of college and they still don't know how to wax so and I really do think it comes down to that training point and I'll put my hand up I've just finished my volume lash extension training Mm because I've been doing classic lashes for over Mm -hmm. um, 12 years and there was an online course option that I could have gone with however I was just wanting to have 
that one-on-one um, because I needed my tweezer, you know, hand, wrist and everything corrected. And I really needed that trainer to be standing behind me and looking at exactly what I'm doing because that can make a huge difference. Just like the hair removal process, not taking the root out properly mm, can be mm, the same as popping mm. a lash on and causing them to fall off so quickly. So, yes, yes. yeah, well, hopefully there'll be... Um, a, a mean, lot more focus around that. That's right. And, you know, there's also facials. You know, I used to tap around the salon for a long time too and I used to employ girls. And it was so hard to find someone that came out of school who could really do facial confidently and well. You know, mm-hmm. it uh, can feel rather wishy-washy and very not so results-orientated. And... Um, and I feel very sorry for the students because they're so proud. Uh, they've graduated, they're proud, the school has, you know, the schools of course have to portray themselves as the best school ever, otherwise those students wouldn't have gone there. But, you know, and they come out and and they've got to be retrained. And it's not just in Australia. I was on a panel uh, a few years ago in the UK and uh, at a trade show but they had like a seminar where you know it could well they invited my agent and so she said i'll come along and you know they have the same problems there it's really really everywhere and um so and most sellers say they have to retrain their staff you know and it's so amazing that the owners of the salons will devote their time and have to otherwise they wouldn't have a good business where they can be proud of the services they provide they have to train their staff how they want them to to do things Mm. yeah yeah that's so true and i you know i think it comes down to also in my salon i do all servicing except for Mm -hmm. body massage now because i have Mm -hmm. arthritis uh-huh. Um, and I am, I'm multi-passionate at everything. I love everything within the industry. I don't have pedicure um, issues with toes. I love all uh, all of what we can do within our industry to make someone feel more empowered and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that probably there's a lot of businesses out there that hone in on the, the niche of eyelash extensions or the niche of brow um, tattooing or mm. um, brow artistry. And they're probably attracting staff that will become experts within that specific service. So I don't know, maybe for those multi-service businesses out there, it could be where they really do find that staff member that is super, super passionate within skin. Because Mm -hmm. I feel it'll really come down to the heart through the consultation and educating that client as well. And then... I'm all even when I go and have a massage, you know, I can feel the energy of the masseuse. And if they're thinking about what oh, they're having for dinner yeah. or the weekend, I know. Yes. Um, and I, yeah, I just feel that um, I have a beautiful massage therapist actually who, who does deliver the wow factor, which oh, is amazing. But it took fabulous. me a long time to find her, you know. Yes. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, I just think that it really might come down to that real driving passion with what mm. they love mm. to do within our industry. So if there are any beauty therapists listening to this episode, I, I do encourage you to find what you are truly passionate about. And just like Lydia has done with her love for waxing back in her younger days, mm. um, has transformed into this incredible business mm. of, mm. of um, wax supplier. So yeah. 
Yeah, there's, think, there's so yeah. much to learn. <laughs> oh, there's so much. I just really would love to advise all therapists to not feel uh, kind of bad if someone doesn't like something they're doing. I mean, I think it's a, it's, it's a gift for someone to tell you that something isn't right and doesn't feel good to them, you know, so that you can do better, you know, Mm -hmm. and to have a really, really open mind and ask the client or or whatever it is, could be anybody, you know, just a person you meet, ask them if they don't like something or they tell me about it, you know, um, I'd love to learn and understand and, you know, take it on board, evaluate it and then really try to work out how you can actually do better. And I think that should apply to everything in life. Yep. I love mm. that. Mm. That's a really great tip. That'll probably lead into our actual next question. Oh, okay. okay. What are your top two important tips for the aspired beauty boss listener to learn from when starting their own business? Mm. Okay. So, gosh. Um, you know, it's kind of like a hard question to answer because... I um, I just do so many things and that's how I've built my business is just that I feel things, I modify things as I go along, I listen, I ask questions, I talk to people to clear my head and figure out exactly what I should be doing or thinking. So to give a real concrete answer about what they should do... Um, it is a little bit difficult, um, but you know some of the things is that, yeah, I, probably those things, you know, yeah. decide what you want to do, keep an open mind. Don't. In fact, I had a conversation about this with uh, somebody last night, an agent who sort of something to do with uh, their sales and how they do their training and that, and you know, I, you know, the thing I said, look how you've started they haven't been a on agent for that long so i say how you've started and what you've tried to copy some other agents do that's all fine it's your starting point but you will need to also keep an open mind and eyes and ears and everything to to really listen to your customers and work out whether it's actually working for you because uh how i communicate and how you know someone else communicates and how we deliver our messages i got <clears throat> sorry i'm going to sound different to the people that we are we are talking to if i say this like this you're going to say it a bit different so our messages could be a little bit different so you know and you know what works for someone else may not exactly work for you so always be open and self critical Uh, to actually be able to modify and build you know so keep the good things that are working but don't don't keep on pushing the things that are not you know try to figure out a slight modifying it could be just a tiniest tiniest little change (coughs) to what you're doing that can create a big difference um yeah so um yeah, I love all. I love all of that. Yeah. That's, so yeah, t- testing and measuring mm, is is super mm. important when you're starting mm-hmm. out. Um, you mentioned about um, sort of getting advice or having a mentor or a coach in place that can, um, I guess, yeah. guide you. And I mean, that's 
Look, I've been in my beauty salon for five years. I've been in the industry for 15. And with Beauty Business Co, I'm just really that beauty business mentor, a few steps ahead of everybody else. But I really want to empower and inspire the listeners to believe that they can achieve anything if they set their mind to it. So, um, yeah, thank you for, for sharing that. It's not, you know, something's not working. and You've got to listen to someone to explain to you or give you some pointers you know I think a lot of people take it personally mm-hmm. you know as I said before it's a gift yeah understand yeah, take it. it as an opportunity yeah understand it what does it mean how do they see what you're doing as good or bad you know and um, embrace it you know yeah. and I, I just think a lot of people tend to take things personally, get offended, and they go like, well, what could you tell me, you know, so, you know, that it's, um, it's all about being really open to it. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been watching the mm. TV show, The Mentor, oh, yes. and um, the, the latest episode that was out was about this florist, and it seemed that she really was struggling with, I mean, the guy that's on the show is actually really nice, and he's he gives constructive criticism and he's not going about it in an aggressive way. But this woman actually, she surrounds herself all the time with people that tell her that she's amazing and that she's um, incredible at what she does, which is true because she's really, she really is incredible. When it, but when it came to her being in debt and, um, you know, the $85 bunch of flowers being mm. brought down to 70 because the woman couldn't afford anything more, she's losing money and there was no one to then tell her you can't be doing this you're going to go out of business and mm-hmm. um yeah she found it really really hard because she's always surrounded with people that don't give her that criticism mm. um so yeah you know we can't scale and grow if we're always thinking that we're just moving forward with what we're doing is right you know yeah. it's great to have someone that can teach you something different as well well, exactly. I mean, exactly what you're saying. It's about my Lydia Jordan skincare. I've mm-hmm. kept on flogging it, and a lot of people, of course, loved it. And that, but the amount it was costing me, and the amount of return I was getting, and it went on for a few years. It just didn't didn't make sense. And it's a little bit like being a bit of a addict. You just got to hold on to it. You got to make it work. You got to do more advertising and more this and. And then finally, I somehow succumbed to, a few people kept on telling me, and, you know, I took my eyes off like on at the same time as well, which didn't help. So, and they said, look, the minute you stop spending money on this, everything will fall into place. And it was exactly right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, people drive themselves silly and broke, you know, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you very much. I think the listeners will have so much to learn from you. It's so, so good to have you on this show. Um, So I'd love for you to share three apps that you just can't live without. Okay. Well, I rely on Viber a lot, particularly when I travel or when when I'm in Australia, people who communicate with me on Viber. It's so good. There is like messaging, there is video calls, there is phone calls, or you can put a little bit of money in there and make a cheap phone call uh, to whoever, anywhere in the world, very, very cheaply. 
and um, you have to be hooked up to a Wi-Fi when you're traveling to be able to operate it. But, you know, you can take photos, you can take, you know, you can send videos, photos, documents through it. It's really, really great. WhatsApp is another one, and some people prefer that. Um, so, you know, I hook into that for people who don't have Viber or just prefer to use WhatsApp. Much the same as Viber, so they're both really fantastic. Facebook, <laughs> keeping mm-hmm. in touch with people. Uh, mine is not an open one, you know, it's a private one, but it's very business, you know, a bit of family related, but business related as well, which um, I I became a bit more, well, kind of addicted to it about three or four years ago. Prior to that, even though I was on it, I never used it. I didn't know what, what to do with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's really great. And um, so, you know, there's messaging on that and it's um you know people like to follow what i do and see where i am in the world and what's happening so um it's interesting how people respond to that to sort of go oh my god you know who i'm seeing what seminars we're doing where and these photos and you know that's i mean i love it and um yeah it's so nice that people want to follow me <laughs> yeah oh, well that's i mean that's how we connected i yes. i've seen the whole 40 year anniversary and i actually reached out to your personal profile yes. thinking if i send an email it might not get to her directly yes. and um yeah sometimes they sort of get hidden away in facebook yes puts them in this file of <laughs> I'll, yes. I'll show them that in two years time so I'm so yes. glad that we actually were yeah. able to connect through that it's, and yeah it's, it has its good and bad with the whole you mm. know we're constantly connected to our phones but yes. you know there's always yeah. a piece of gold in there that it works for us within our businesses and I think it makes us it can make us very productive if, if it's focused and and used accordingly yes. to help us within our businesses, like yes. with the Facebook's ad manager and the pages app. And um, we just have to make sure that we don't get caught in the spiral of the scroll. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's only a couple of days ago, someone sent me a, a message, you know, through Facebook Messenger and we're not connected, but she could send me a message. And it was, yes, it was a business question, something. And uh, it was just so convenient. She could come straight yeah. to me. She definitely had something she had to resolve. And I could, you know, attend to it straight away. And uh, it's unbelievable. Whereas years ago, it would take two weeks for a letter to come here from Europe and two weeks to get back there, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. right. And that's a really good tip as well for our um, beauty business owners who oh. are listening. When it comes to your clients and mm. them actually having a question about something, mm. um, you know, it might say on our website, direct all inquiries to this email. But, you know, everyone is on their phone and if they've got a question, they want an answer now. And it's mm. not to say you have to respond to them straight away. But if you've seen that question and you can solve someone's problem and get them booked into your servicing um you've just gained a client because they're like wow she's so onto it i definitely want to to be in her salon you know so it is such a great tool and i think that um it you know with messenger bots and all sorts of things with direct messaging through instagram we 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 have to be across it all so that we're being that one place of um, inquiry solutions as well so I mean it gets to a point in probably a big business where they'll have to have someone looking mm. after that for them but mm, um, mm. 
Yeah, it's certainly important with um, the direct messaging now. Yes, you know, we've got the like on Facebook and Instagram and my staff do maintain that. If I need to, you know, they ask me a question, if, but they pretty well know everything and they can respond and um, mm. it's uh, fantastic. And, um, and it's so nice to see the excitement that happens when you post something that they think is great and, and interesting and they're like, oh my God, we want this. And you go, oh, wow, that's good. <laughs> yeah. It's well, that's so what good. I felt about the ruby wax because yes. I saw your big celebration and yeah. the big um, gold 40 balloon and I... It's yes. so it was great to see a bit of your personality coming through on the photos yeah, too. Yeah, oh thanks. It's uh yeah. <laughs> uh, things have to be fun. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, do you have any specific routines that you stick to to set your day up for success and maybe a little bit of an insight to like if you're traveling, how you mm -hmm. keep um all that on track because you'll be in so many different time zones as well. Yes. Well, oh gosh, one thing I would love to be more disciplined about is to exercise but I don't and uh, I used to but um, you know and but I'm pretty energetic you know when I, whatever I do I seem to rush around the place so maybe I get a bit of exercise like that but um, my routine is you know getting up in the morning and the first thing that happens is um, I check the phone, which is next to my bed. I have it turned off at night because I must get some sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. And, um, you know, then I check what's going on and then I go, oh gosh, few emails. No, I can't lie in bed and answer them off. I go to the laptop and because it's a quicker way to attend to them. So I do that. And I keep on thinking I should be going for a walk, go to the gym. No, 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 there's another email. <laughs> My every day is like that. And, um, and you know, I don't like to make people waiting and uh, they need to know. And I don't like it hanging over my head that I've got millions of emails that I haven't attended to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, then I, after that, there's a bit of breakfast, get ready for work and off I go to work. And... Um, there's always a lot of meetings at work, catching up with people. Um, a lot of the times I don't really attend to a lot of emails uh, for a couple of hours. Then later on in the afternoon, it's back into the emails. Yeah. I like to try and socialize a bit with friends at night time. Um, and then back to the emails because Europe will be awake <laughs> and back to that so I like to push all of that out of the way before I go to sleep so yep. that's kind there of... has to be some coffee in there right <laughs> coffee I have tea I have coffee when I'm out <laughs> okay <laughs> tea otherwise and um, and when I travel you know it's the same routine. Uh, I'll be in a different time zone and it just really depends where I am and what time it is in Brisbane. And I try to attend all the emails uh, that have come through from the office in particular to, because there's always some questions, you know. And so I attend to that and then I get ready and off I go to whatever I'm doing, you know, seminars, yeah. trade show, whatever. Mm. Mm. 
That's a, it's a big, I can imagine it's more than a 12 hour day for you. Well, it is, it <laughs> <yeah>. is. <laughs> All right. I think we've got a lot in um, common, common when it comes to all of that, that entrepreneurial mindset of waking up, getting stuff done. I yes. do, however, I always have that exercise thing in the back of my mind, mm. definitely. Mm. Um, I'm running after my two-year-old toddler at the moment. And I feel, uh-huh. it's, you know, it's keeping me going all day, yes. but it's yeah. sort of not me time either. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I am sort of searching for that happy balance at the moment and trying to do some mindful thinking and mm. journaling as well to, mm. um, yeah, just mm. plan. I think once it's all out in um, on paper, I also mm. feel a little bit of relief too. Yes. So, um, yeah, we've got, I've always got ideas and things like that popping up and you don't want to miss out on the gold nuggets that come to you in the middle of the night either. That's so right. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's... Um, I always say the business has its own life. You know, it's something that is a living thing. Mm-hmm. It's got, you know, the, all the emails in relation to business is all business related. So, and, um, you know, it's like a baby. You don't leave it alone to cry. You've got to go and fix yeah. it. So yeah. I, I don't cautiously think of it like that every day when I'm working of course but but that's what it's about you know people are waiting people need an answer people need something resolved Um, uh, new things to be done you know so and it's a business that in the end is your boss (laughs) yeah that's right the business is the beauty boss of your life (laughs) yes that's it that's good so we'll move on to some rapid fire questions i love asking these little ones it gives me a bit of an insight into what else you're up to so what is the best book you've ever read oh gosh um the thorn birds <laughs> australian writer colin mcculloch i couldn't put her down it was just amazing um i love that book and there is another one that i thoroughly enjoyed it's um it's a chinese writer called uh well, what was it called wild swans i love that book as well mm. oh i'll write down mm. wild swan as well wild and swan. i'll leave have a little look at them and leave mm. some links for anyone who wants to have a read. Mm, very nice, yeah. And who is uh, someone that you would love to meet in person? I'm always in. Have always been in. Well, I'm intrigued by a lot of people, but somehow Mother Teresa. Mm. Uh, I think. Um, I, I don't know. You know, she came across and you know like self-sacrificing living in the slums and living with lepers and attending to leopard lepers wounds and you know i've seen a lot of little things about her her sayings of um, uh, if someone hurts you smile don't hurt them back if someone does this smile don't do it back you know mm-hmm. she had a lot of um, very lovely very clean philosophies and I'd love to meet her and just really have a conversation a little bit deeper than just the little sayings, you know, just to yeah. sort of get a better feel for who she was. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, she's obviously a very nice person deep down with those mm. um, quotes that get put around mm. about her as well. Yes. Now, what is one thing you have procrastinated about this week? 
<laughs> Exercise. <laughs> uh, other than that, procrastinated. Oh gosh, sometimes I procrastinate with, um, even though, you know, I believe in open communication and um, addressing things and being honest. Sometimes honesty can hurt people. So, and um, if there is something that I need to discuss with someone and I have to be honest to sort of resolve something, I can procrastinate there. And I must admit, I, um, I did procrastinate with something like that, but I've now done it. And, yeah. um, and uh, yeah, I always think that if something bothers you and it's weighing heavily into your, in your head, and it kind of like, oh, you know, like you're just like burdened with it. You got to do something about it. Yeah. Because but then it comes back to you saying about you, you know, giving that constructive criticism or having mm -hmm. to say something yeah. that might not make someone completely happy. Hopefully, they've taken it in a way where they'll grow. Mm -hmm. But you've also got to do, you know, it's the label of the beauty boss. At the end of the day, we're 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 running businesses but we can be that leader and um do it in the right way obviously too so yeah it's never easy though when we've got that not kind heart <laughs> that's right that's right it's not easy and you know people come from different um you know everyone's got a different upbringing different understanding and you don't want to offend anybody but sometimes people are just so unaware they're not involved they don't know what the hell they're doing that actually upsets the apple cart you know and um and you, i tend to try and ignore it but after a while you go like you know what this ain't going away <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can certainly procrastinate on those types of things as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> now what is something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail Oh, I wouldn't fail. Uh, oh, gosh. It, I, it's a hard question, that one. Mm. A lot of people come mm. on the show and they say nothing because <laughs> mm. I'm already jumping at everything. <laughs> well, exactly. What's something you would jump at if you knew you wouldn't fail? You know, I you know maybe retirement but i probably wouldn't do it very well i'll probably get involved in something and just as busy and it's just as anything so and i love what i do so i'm sticking around doing this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i certainly don't hear that you're on your way out anytime no. soon <laughs> that's for sure uh, I'll be here. now if you Mm -hmm. oh, sorry, you can continue. That's okay. I'll be here a while. <laughs> <laughs> Good. If you were stranded on a deserted island with no Wi-Fi, what's one thing you wish you had with you? Fresh water. <laughs> just in Good case. Answer. Just in case I don't have a fresh water spring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was the number one survival. Yes. And with every day, you know, sometimes you can, especially coming into winter, even mm. though we don't get it that bad in Brisbane with the cool weather, but mm -hmm. you can sort of go, you know, a few more hours than normally in summer without hydration. So mm -hmm. that's fresh right. Water is the key. <laughs> yes, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome so what's next for you what's in the works for the business and yourself and you can um just bring anything you'd like to bring away to the listeners on the yeah app. yeah well uh, like on i've just moved the whole business and the offices to bigger premises 
Um, so we've gone from about 3,000 square metres to 7,500 square metres of office and warehouse and factories. Oh, wow. Is that, so is that still in the West End? Was it West End no. where you were originally? Yes, yes, we were. But we're now at Pinkham Bar, oh, which is near the airport. And it's so fantastic that, um, you know, we've got lots more machinery, we've got lots more space. Um, so we fully moved in here really pro kind of properly uh, in February where we brought all the machinery over. So everything is settled in and we, are, we need to get some even more. We've got lots of extra machinery, we're going to get some more. So what I need to do, and I'm absolutely loving it, it's like a new lease of life. It's almost like starting a, uh, you can't say it's a, starting a new business, but it's a bit like that because you've got to see the bigger picture of extra possibilities of growth. And um, so it's extremely exciting. And my staff has been so supportive and so excited as well, which has been fabulous. And um, yeah, so I'm just looking forward to developing Lycon more. And, you know, not to have a so much delay that we sometimes have had on our own for our orders <laughs> because we just yeah. couldn't make enough so the capacity is bigger mm -hmm. that's incredible it's mm. certainly come a long way since mm. boiling your wax in the saucepan <laughs> that's right a little saucepan in the kitchen my goodness oh, incredible oh congratulations on you. all of your success it's just so incredible and i'm sure that the listeners have really been inspired with your whole journey and you know i a lot of i want the beauty boss brand to be that you if you're in this industry it can take you whatever direction you want to go yes. with it it's it's so there's it's so filled with opportunity for us mm. as well that's so, right um, and it's been really great having you on the show to see a different oh. lease than just a beauty like a salon owner as well thank you so much it's been a wonderful interview yeah and it's been great thank you angela <laughs> so where can um everyone find you and we also normally um do a little giveaway um mm -hmm. i'm trying to sort of build a bit of the engagement with the show so mm -hmm. i like to reward the listeners um yes. with a little something if you'd like to offer anything from your business Okay, so, um, well, they can find us in a few different ways. The website is uh, lycon.com.au. Facebook is the Lycon Cosmetics AU. Instagram is also Lycon Cosmetics AU. Um, so, as a giveaway, oh, I'd love to do something. Um, okay, oh, we, would, we, we have the lyconretail.com.au shop, which is... Uh, has all our retail products there, all the Lycon wonderful products for different uh, body care treatments, etc. And we'd love to offer 20% discount from all the products. Um, and you, all you need to do is co uh, put, the, put the code Beauty Boss. Oh, that's so great! Thank you. So that's actually a reward for all the <laughs> listeners. Yeah. Um, that is fantastic. Thank you so much. They're going to appreciate that. And if you haven't tried the Lycon um, brand in your clinics, you can definitely go and try it out. I'm a big 
supporter and um, my clients always say actually with my rosette hard wax Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. my Brazilian waxing Mm -hmm. um, that's the one I tended to always go back to and they always say that there's just so much less pain they can hardly feel it so I don't know what is in there (laughs) but it um, definitely helps reduce the the ouch side yes Yes, it's amazing and uh, you know we've got a lot of different waxes and rosette is one of our long-standing ones and it's got titanium dioxide chamomile which is very soothing and it's very creamy and it's still very strong removes hair as short as one millimeter but people are always amazed that it basically doesn't hurt if it hurts a little bit it's far less than anything else and Mm -hmm. uh, People try other things and they come back to it. So, yeah, it's great. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thanks for that beautiful um, gift to my listeners. I very much appreciate you and your time today for um, giving me that opportunity to have a really good chat with you. And um, I'll have to come to the new warehouse and have a little um, tour around. Yes, you're welcome. I'll be, (laughs) make sure I'm here so I can meet you and take you around. (laughs) That'll be great. Thank you so much, Lydia. Have a great day. You too.